All right. How does this show work? Oh, yeah, I get confused sometimes. And because three is a crowd, I'm here today, once again, as always, in the underground bunker, undisclosed city, not 12 stories, in the air, <laughs> having a wonderful beer beer from uh, Arrogant Bastard Ale. It's amazing. And I'm with Kelly. Hey. Hi, Kelly. Hi. How's it going today? It's good. Today is, uh, is a festive day. It is a free food day. It is a free food day, free festivity day. We will, we'll leave your imagination to what the festivity could be. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we even celebrate down in the bunker or we up do. in the bunker, up, up in the bunker, up in the bunker, it's not only above in the sky bunker, but 12 stories up. Right. So we're here today to talk about, don't you try me now off of 1967s or 1975s or not really. Cause it was never actually released until the bootleg series volume 11. This is a song uh, from the famous basement tapes. You know, you can imagine, you can imagine something there. Unlike King of France, you probably put a lot more into it with your own imagination than you would with this one per se, but there's a song underneath that that's that's really really good but what's interesting about these uh is that they're essentially sketches these were um some of the earliest i'm saying these were uh let me clarify a little bit so these were actually recorded in spring of 1967 this song uh don't don't try me now is a part of six other songs so seven songs total that were recorded in the spring in bob dylan's living room which is referred to as the red room so basically it's an extension of the basement tapes not so much inside of Big Pink per se, but part of that whole uh, movement. So they recorded usually during the summer and into the fall, um, but those spring recordings are what we're talking here. So we're looking at a couple, uh, a couple songs. Uh, I'm just gonna name them off really quick. Lock your door, baby. Won't you be my baby? Try, try me, little girl. Oh my god! I can't make it alone, which is a great song. Uh, Don't try me now. One for the road and one man's loss. So those were the songs. Um, there's a couple of interesting takes. I think it was uh, Clinton Highland that basically said these are less like lyric songs and more just like taking a, a like a phrase, essentially, like these songs, you know, try me, little girl, and then writing a song around it, sort of like pluck it out, try to write songs. I mean, that was a whole exercise it was just attempting to make music hmm. within, you know, the confines of your home. So looking at that, we did not listen to those other six songs, but I'm kind of wishing that we did. And I, it got me thinking, I, th- I think I might start to tweak the setup for this. So I, Because this would have been a great episode if we could have listened to all seven of those songs since they all kind of go together. We were not thinking ahead like that. I certainly didn't think we would record more than one of these episodes. So here we are, <laughs> you know, 11 weeks later, still doing this. So I think I'm going to do that. I'll probably write up a post that you'll see in the future, future listener, explaining the cuts. Because I think we're, we're going to do some basement tape cuts um, and then probably maybe look at stuff from Fallen Angels and stuff to see if we want to keep those covers. So we've been talking about it a little bit, but, but regardless. When you say cuts, you don't mean like we're not going to do the songs. We'll just be taking them as an album like yeah. we did for Triplicate or like we right. did for um, Planet Waves. 
But instead of also doing the track by tracks, we're going to we just might. do the album. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, essentially what we're looking at right now, like we're at, you know, 600 plus songs. I mean, we're probably even combining basement tapes ones. We're looking at maybe saving 30 songs. So it's really not a huge dent, but in some way, you know, we're still going, it, it's good to get a little bit of a boost. You're like, yeah, see you later. 20 extra songs. <laughs> we're getting done with this. Only 13 years to go. <laughs> God. Kelly, how was your week with this? Unlike King of France. It is a listenable enough song. Oh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a good song. It's another blues song, which yeah. I guess is going to be a theme, right? Uh, I think so. There's a lot of blues stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could understand the majority of the words, but we'll get into that later. You said that their lyrics didn't exist online. How am I supposed to do a lyrical deep dive on lyrics that don't exist? How indeed. I guess I have to make them up myself. Boom. So just like the <laughs> lovely King of France lyrics, which are now part of the Bob Dylan songbook for sure. These are going to be added by Bob Dylan himself because this is, these are the actual lyrics for <laughs> don't you try me now. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Don't you play with me. Let it now head stall. Don't you play with me. People are waiting, Scott. <laughs> My Curico having a good time, but oh no, you're just a loser in your smile. Don't you try me now. Don't you try and break my heart. Again, don't you try me now. Don't you try and break my heart. You might think you're having a good time, but you are just you just wait later on until your trouble starts. I can hear a lot of this song, so you are welcome. Yeah. These are pretty accurate. Well, old Matt picked up my package, and I looked at the line. I closed my window ceiling and tried on time. But I don't. You try me now. Don't you try and break my heart. Oh, yes, you might think you're having a good time, but you just wait later on until your trouble starts. Well, trout be on the table. I scream like a dog. She, a woman, tried to leave me. Oh no, I quite like a quit like a hollow log. Don't that's you the only me? line I know, and that's <laughs> that's pretty much right. Yeah, it's just well, try me on a table. So try me. Oh, not, not trout. Not trout. Yeah. Okay. Or salmon. Okay. Don't you try me? No, I wrote no instead of now. <laughs> Don't you try and break my heart? Well, you might think you're trying to. Now this I struggled with. Aquapay. Or activate or act up, babe. But you know you're just playing a part. And that's it. Yay. Pretty pretty sure. Yay. <laughs> Excellent. I think so. That added a new dimension that I definitely did not have before. It was, yeah, it is pretty clear. It's not really yeah, that big that, of a stretch. He did well. I mean, even with that line, it's like a few words out there. I mean, obviously the Scott and the Mats. I mean, who are these characters? <laughs> I want to know more. Um yeah, I mean, I it's weird because I don't I don't have you know that much to sort of talk about because again we can talk about the basement tapes and maybe with the whole all you know seven of these songs connected there would be something conjoining them because I I think that there is and and even you know going into this it's sort of it's interesting the the take on even these songs like a lot of these ones were never copyrighted they just sort of existed which I think is almost interesting because Bob Dylan was I think trying to prove himself as a songwriter again after Blonde on Blonde after the motorcycle accident but. They weren't copyrighted in 67, 68, 1970, 71, 73, or 75 when when the actual basement tapes came out. And most of them, I think they're all copywritten now. But it is interesting that he never felt like these were something that he needed to do. You know, they just sort of existed. Um, yeah, and I mean, and I, I think it's, um, I think it was possibly Halen or somebody who just, you know, says that they're snapshots of him getting back in the process of writing. So it's almost interesting just as like a, as a, songwriting or a writing exercise in general and 
you know, I, I think we've learned something with this a little bit is that it's, it is somewhat limiting to listen to something without its context a little bit. When you have a studio album, there's almost an aesthetic or something to go on, but the basement tapes, it's kind of all aesthetic to the point that it's not even easy to like pinpoint because you can just say it's Americana. It's people writing. It's just organic. It's this or that. But what does that even like mean? What does that mean to somebody like you who, who is now hearing two songs Two deep ass cuts from the basement tapes. So not even like the quote unquote, you know, more noticeable or, or the masterpieces of the basement tapes. These are these are early sketches by Bob Dylan on like how just to make it sound good, how to make his living room like recordable. And we're trying to pass it off like we have something deep to say about it. And and I guess that's the point of this whole thing, is that we hear stuff all the time. And I think we try to create meaning with things that often don't have meaning. And maybe we should just calm down a little bit and just kind of take it for what it is. I kind of enjoyed my week listening to the song. I found myself listening to it more than some other songs. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what pulled me to it. Well, I wanted to talk about the the musicality of the song itself. Yeah. I That's what I really... It was very interesting when you first played it and listening to it every time. Immediately, it sounds like a super out-of-tune piano. Uh, it like conjures for me this image of walking through like a old west 1800s town and there's a saloon just playing a jangly beat to fuck piano uh somewhere in a in a in a saloon you know see that's a cool vibe yeah like that, it's almost like a vibe you want to like stick with and it, it's almost like a disservice to have one song where it's like you know just personally listening to the seven just to see what that would sound like i like that a lot because it's almost like this person this random guy like getting up and playing this weird set where you're just sort of a part of a crowd and they're playing this weird old-timey music and you're just yeah. kind of like cool and they don't really end but you don't really notice because they're all kind of blend together in this sort of this rhythm yeah i think that's interesting the piano is not out of tune though i figured oh, out okay. it's actually <laughs> the guitar there's like a slide guitar like it must be one of those steel yeah guitars or it's just like he has a slide whatever the it is uh and it's it's playing almost the same note as the piano so it's making it sound like the piano is out of tune but it's just that the, the the instruments aren't playing the same exact note at the same pitch at the same time. Do you which, think it's intentional? Or do uh, you, I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe because it's a really cool effect. It is a cool effect. Um, but it's also kind of nauseating to me. Like, so, like if I really focus in hard on it, the fact that the, it's just that perfect level of like disharmony, it makes me a little sick. I don't know why. Just the sound of it. It's one of those weird audio things. It's just like, oh, that's really jarring. But I also really like it. Like there yeah. it comes off and. Uh, listening to this on speakers on my phone, there's a whole bass line in this song that I didn't realize. Also, there's an organ at some point that I did not realize. Yeah. So the walking bass line's good. It sounds really, really great. It has a lot of depth when you actually listen to it in headphones that are yeah. worth anything. And uh, the- That's a tip, yeah. If you're listening to this, especially basement tapes alone, mm-hmm. invest. I mean, maybe the 75 stuff is fine. You know, that remastered, it probably sounds pretty good wherever you are. But anything like this, these deep ones, you, yeah, you would be, you, you don't hear it right yeah, off the bat. You, you don't have hear to it and be yeah. listening for it, really. Right. And I usually listen with one ear in just doing my work, and that's even a disservice. So I've started to try to make sure, like, when that song comes on, pop it in for two minutes and then kind of pop it back out. But even listening to new music and stuff like that, it's, it is not doing it a favor mm-hmm. by not giving it your full, the full experience. You know, you're always going to be, sort of degrading it a little bit well i think that means that we're doing a bad job actually i mean that's one of the mission statements of this 
podcast, right? Is that we're supposed to take a second, take four minutes out of your True. fucking day to listen True. to a song and appreciate it. It's fair. That's fair. I so, think that we even fall, fall to that too. I think that we're going to keep falling to it. Yeah. I don't think we're always going to be perfect. Yeah. And with this, I, but I've tried, you know, this weekend, you too, you yeah. put, did you, well, <laughs> King of France is not the best example. So we don't really have a lot of other good examples mm. for that, but but maybe some of the other songs had surprising musical notes, you know, that you would probably pick on more than me. And they might have been lost to time. Yeah. We'll never know. So I'm going to make an effort to put on, like, my actual nice headphones at home. At least, at least for once. The, yeah. For every I mean, song. Yeah. The worst case scenario is Highlands for 16 minutes. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. What's that? It's a song out of uh, Time Out of Mind. It's 16 minutes long? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know why I said that. Like, I'm shocked. Yeah. Although this one, this has been nice. We've actually gotten a lot of cuts that are just... This one's three minutes and 20 seconds. Yeah. Like that. So, yeah. And even if we know. were to do all of them together, I mean, that would probably be about 20 minutes, but that's like a pretty good EP length. You know, yeah. that's like a, you know, I'm of the mindset, you know, we can quote Tim Barry right here, but anything, you know, albums over 40 minutes long, I'm, I'm over it. You know, it's <laughs> unless, unless I'm about to have some experience in which I'm going to really, you know, dig in, there's no point for you to play you know, an hour and a half worth of music at me. And I think and I, Bob Dylan would agree. I mean, we've had these experiences, um, you know, with, uh, with the interview when Bob Dylan came okay. to give the interview, he basically said that he, <laughs> that his songs were too long. He wanted to fit it on one thing. And you go from blonde on blonde, you know, the first double, you know, or the four LP or whatever the hell it is, you know, the first, the double album to John Wesley Harding. That's, you can fit it on one, on one LP. You know, it's like you, what a dichotomy and you're only, you know, a year apart. And the two of them couldn't be any different, yet they're both packed with so much complexity. So I think, like anybody, we become better at what we do. We become better writers. We become better podcasters. We start to speak with a little bit of more brevity. But brevity isn't always the soul of wit, you know? So sometimes you do need to have the long episodes. So this one's definitely not going to be a long one. Um, you know, we're definitely running out of uh, running out of things to say. <laughs> it's oh, a good a good song go listen to it okay yeah. thanks bye well and it's hard to listen to i mean admittedly it's not on spotify it's not it's not streamable so you almost have to buy the basement tapes to do it mm-hmm. or you're kind of shit out of luck you know these are weird ones so we're gonna do our best to, so that you if you can't listen to it at the beginning of this episode we're gonna try to do that for everyone that's a little bit weird or doesn't have like a spotify presence or a apple music presence we're gonna try to play maybe a longer cut of the song maybe about a minute so that you can really sort of sink your teeth into it. Because otherwise, you know, you don't want to play too much, too long, waste people's time. You know, we're not just trying to play Bob Dylan's music here. This isn't BobDylanRadio.com. BobDylanRadio.com. <laughs> you know, it's just... Also, we're just trying to push the limits of how far we can take this until we get sued. That That's true. I mean, we've, we've been pressing <laughs> it with a lot of things. So we're, we're going to keep on that path, yeah. intrepid listener. <laughs> and if you're not listening to this, then they won. <laughs> <laughs> Shut us down. I can't stand songs about writing songs and albums over 40 minutes long and broke up bands on their third reunion tour. Damn, but we both should have quit at age 24. I got two jobs and a girl back home. Collection agencies calling on my prepaid cell phone. It don't take skill nor luck. To never amount to much But I got miles and miles and miles Of nothing but Miles and miles 
That's why podcasting so. I always wanted to be a radio DJ, man. Yeah. Was... Well, you are a radio DJ. <laughs> Power to the people. We can think, all be radio DJs. I didn't think it would happen like this. I didn't think it would be Bob Cash. Bob Cash. What the <laughs> hell? Bob Dylan. Yeah. What just happened? <laughs> it's Bob Cash. Well, back without doing anything else yeah and think about it i think more than that more than even like sort of like getting in like assunging our vanity you know sort of massaging (laughs) you know our egos listen to the songs you know i think we've tried our best in our own lives to actually like with new music coming out or like if a new show comes out or something like that to like actually give undivided attention to things which is i think we just don't do that a lot anymore yeah and it's hard to do and we're definitely trying to find a balancing act here so it's not always easy. Do better. Yeah, man. Even watching TV, you're always doing something else. Your mind's elsewhere. You're looking at your phone, or like sometimes I'll have the TV on, but I'll be doing homework. So like, how much attention am I paying to either of those things? Right. It's and a, then like the overall situation. payoff, if there is one, which again you're banking on, or, or there has to be a payoff, you're sort of half listening, so you might even miss the payoff or miss what it is that you're actually getting at, and you can miss what is good about a song if you're waiting for. A bridge or a chorus because there might be beauty in the verse there might be beauty all around it same thing with a tv show it's like maybe there's a long end game maybe it's a short episode that's just pretty and nice to look at but i think we just take it for granted sometimes and we just have hot takes all the time just right away just have to say this sucks or this is great or this is the best this is the greatest thing ever written no i mean come on we have to calm down a little bit and so with this i think we're being a little bit a little bit coy we're just it's great Basement tapes are fun. Yeah. We've had an unlistenable one, and we've had a pretty pretty solid early take of what's to come. And I think as we go further along, it's going to be great once we get one of those fucking masterpiece basement tape songs to compare these two to that, or these three or four, however more kind of minor songs we get. It'll be interesting when we get to, like, I'm Not There, or we get to Tears of Rage, or This Wheel's on Fire. Like, you're going to see, like, holy shit, like, you were working with stuff in those songs that's going to make this a masterpiece and it's really interesting because you get to see it all i mean how often do you get to do that with bands today you know you don't get to see their process how they execute these songs so that's a good point yeah well i think that's all we have to say about that but i think you have a couple things to say about some other bands i do but we'll get there uh in time so yeah so this is the, the end of the episode so uh we're gonna talk about our recommendations so kelly this week we spent with uh, Don't You Try Me Now. Not the world to say about it. But what else were you doing this week um, around the song? What what else was uh, striking your fancy or maybe taking you away from the song or taking you in more into the song? What was your week like? I found a band all by myself. It wasn't uh. new music that I found from you. Although, I guess not all by myself. Spotify did the legwork. Spotify does a lot of the legwork. <laughs> no. Spotify thinks that I love... Uh, girl punk bands well, you which don't is, oh, no I do I, I, no no I absolutely love it but I don't know what the algorithm was because I mean admittedly I'm not like listening to it all the time my discover weekly is literally all girl punk bands and there's so many out there and I love it it's so perfect and I just get so excited 
And I just I praise I praise the algorithm gods. I have no idea what I did to do it, but love it. I take it back. Radio DJ, second to whoever works at Spotify that their whole day is picking songs that you would like. Well, I'm I mean, I know computer. it's a, I know it's a computer, but, but it like, would be cool. That's so cool. Like, oh, I know bands that are just like that. Yeah. Man, I want to do that. Yeah. How do we make a job that is that? The webs to weave music around. It's yeah, pretty. Man. It's interesting. So Spotify found me a band that I'd never heard of, a little band out of Austin, Texas, hey, called Howdy, uh, that's spelled H-O-V-V-D-Y because of course it is. Awesome. But it's uh, just like they're like an indie band, um, but kind of shoegazery, and I like the I like it a lot. Uh, this album Taster is the one that the song came on. I, I like that a lot. Uh, because it came out last year they're through their Bandcamp website, but Spotify just got it, so I thought it was like a brand new thing, but I'm a year late to the party. Uh, I mean, I get stuff. I mean, that's why Discover Discovery is so great, too, because it's – I'm listening to this stuff from like 2013, and they're still giving it to me. It's not just brand new stuff, so yeah. they just know you like it. They're yeah. just like – Kelly, personally, there's a Spotify guy in Sweden who's just like, I know everything about Kelly Bond, and I'm going <laughs> to recommend this. And well, this is not creepy because this is her dream job, and she yeah. wishes she could be a stalker like me. I do. Well, not, not literally, not a no, stalker. I stand but by yes, yeah, music stalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So howdy. That's that's all I got. Howdy. I don't nice. think I really been doing anything else. Still listening. I'm politically reactive. Two things. I'll start with my number one. A little less controversial. (laughs) (laughs) So Football Club out of Australia. I don't know how many times I can start this sentence. Uh, They have two EPs. One of them self-titled. Another one is called Songs About Friends. Uh, They have a new single out called Ivy. Probably another record's on the way. And I know that I'm changing. And it might seem strange. And yeah, I understand. If you don't want to. My name Yeah, it makes me upset But I try not to let it get to me I've adjusted to the fact You'll probably never call me Ruby And that's fine is 17 years later at the drive-in has returned 
recommendation because I listened to the album too. Yeah, so we've been, we've been talking about it all day. We've been rocking it. I've been reading very unfortunate reviews on the internet. And I just want to go ahead and say At The Drive-In is an incredibly, 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 incredibly important band for my life when I was 15. I, I missed them by a year. They broke up the year I really started listening to music when I was 14. And I've always wished that they came back. I tried to see them in 2012 when they came to Portland. It sold out in like 30 seconds. I hope to see them soon. The new record is getting weird reviews on the internet, but I want to say that it is a delight to listen to if you love At The Drive-In. And for somebody who, if you still have stakes in 2000s world music and you want to bring those stakes to 2017, I implore you to grow the fuck up. The album's really good. You shouldn't be a shithead about it. Don't be upset because the band is either A, exactly like it used to be, or B, nothing like it used to be. Because We have talked about this on this podcast. We have yeah. talked about it on this podcast. You, It is a lose-lose game. Yes. You were never going to win because if because no matter what, if at the drive and went off and got really creative and got crazy, they're instantly pegged for being Morris Volta, yeah. who half of the fans of at the drive and hate because that's one of the reasons the band broke up. Listening to this record, it's basically try to pretend like you're in 2003. This is probably the sound that they would have been making if they had stayed a band uh, up to 2003. We wouldn't have Mars Volta. We wouldn't have Sparta, but we would have this really solid, fun fast, interesting album that you in 2003 would eat the fuck up, but you in 2017 with the hot take has no concept of how to even like engage with this. And so I feel sorry for that. Is the world better off with an at the driving record? Fuck yes, it is. It's way better off. So let's all calm down a bit. No hot takes. Listen to the fucking record. Listen to the football club. And listen to Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> and let's all just chill. And let's listen to the basement tapes. I mean, let's that sounds like a lovely evening. Get some wine, get a couple beers like we got here, and just listen to some good music. So before we pick our final song, um, you can find us everywhere. SOTW Pod. Twitter's the best spot. We reblog stuff from Tumblr and SoundCloud and iTunes and Stitcher and all the podcast stuff that you would expect. Out of a 21st century pod. That's what we provide. Pretend we're a real podcast and do the real podcast things. Correct. And we love Bob Dylan. So if you love Bob Dylan, you will love us. Because if this episode proves anything, we talk about Bob Dylan 24-7. <laughs> Nothing but Bob Dylan. There's not a single minute where we're talking about anything other than not, Bob Dylan. Not tr- absolutely true. Yes, I know. You ready? Ready for what? To pick the song? Pick the song. Is there, okay. Yep. First, nope. delete it. Yes. So I'm going in there as we speak. Thank God, because we can't ever do that ambush phone nonsense ever again. Never again. I don't want to do that. This song is called. I feel like oh, even God. if we got Blind Willing to Tell, you would say no. You would just eschew all the rules of the podcast, sure. damn your dignity and pride and like morality. You would just say no, we can't do it. You're right. That's not cool, Daniel. Yeah, that's the that's the one I'm standing up against. Six hundred and fifty four songs to go before the purge. Before but, the purge. <laughs> yeah. So before the reorganizing. Nothing's getting removed. That's true. That's very true. Okay, so random.org. What number are we going? One out of six fifty four. Five twenty three. Five twenty three. Four forty seven. Oh, so close. <laughs> 
So, so close. 547. You said 447. 447. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. One second, though. 447. Yes, thank God. Oh, what was yours, though? 523. 523. So we could have had, I didn't do this last week, we could have had Trust Yourself off of 1985's Empire Burlesque with him with his fucking 80s jacket. So oh, that was our first uh, fucking Crazy Bob. However, we are having awesome talking John Birch Paranoid Blues off of, uh, I guess the f- official release would have been on the basement tape, on the bootleg series, on the bootleg series volume one through three. So in 1991, they released it. Wait, that whole thing was a song title? Talking John Birch Paranoid Blues. Yep. Oh. So we're going to be talking about communism and the ridiculousness of, you know, red baiting in America, which I think has a lot of parallels to what's going on in America right now, <laughs> if you feel my bunker vibe. <laughs> so, talking John Birch Paranoid Blues. John Birch Blues. So this is the, there's four versions of it, so we'll listen to all of them, but this is the one on the basement, on uh, the bootleg series. Is this like at a show of his, I guess? Yeah, this is live. Oh, harmonica. I'm in. Already in. Fun. Movie? No, I don't think it's a movie. What movie? The one we watched. No. Are you sure it's not in that movie? Positive. Th- this is. And the crowd is the best, like, laughing. Looking in the microwave for Obama spies. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. That's what's up. No, no, it's it's not. It's actually the same tune as talking World War Three blues. And it's like a standard talking blues song. So it's just, he's taking something and just putting a, a new spin on it. So, okay. And this, the John Birch Society, is just a famous, like, red-baiting, just anti-american you know absolute conservative to a t there was a clip of it in the movie where he was making a point like you know bob did what he wanted to and he wanted to do this for the show and blah blah Mm, i don't know i I don't think that this is really that it's not really that canonical canonical of a song well i think they were talking about having what's his name not woody Guthrie, the other one pete singer yeah it was talking about when pete singer was on this yeah when he was fucking being tried basically oh uh, I guess maybe they might have played it. I think it. they, yeah, okay. they, they played this song talking about the environment. But maybe not. Maybe I like... Oh, yeah, then the communists uh, have beer, beards and play yeah. guitars. Yeah, they might have. I thought for sure, because that was like a whole piece of it. Like, this folk scene, you would never expect that it wasn't the rock and rollers, it wasn't the whatever. It was these are your revolutionaries, these people singing these songs from fucking 1800s. Yeah, and there also wasn't any rock and rollers. There was no such thing. Well, yeah, I know, but like... I know. 
it's just so oh, funny. Oh, yeah, it's now. funny to think about it yeah. now. Yeah, especially 50 years ago. It's like, <laughs> this is revolution. This guy in a sweater playing a banjo. The fucking harmonica. What? Right? What's going on? Yeah. yeah but it's so cool. I think that's, that's rad as shit. I think, like, I know. folk music, knowing that part, like, this is activism, folk music. Yeah, folk and even music. this song is just such a biting satire. It's just really great. Are you now, or have you ever been someone who listens to this podcast? Boom. There you go. And if you are, let us know. If not, we are going to go. We're going to listen to John Birch's Paranoid Blues throughout the course of the week. This is a fun one. I think we're going to find plenty of joy because I think all of the versions kind of have different lines in them. So we'll also probably, if we can, talk about the song itself, talk about the origins of it, where this talking song came from, talk more about the blues. So next week it's going to be pretty pretty heavy uh, historical yeah, looking sure. into stuff. And we'll talk about communism in America. We'll talk about the Red Scare. We'll talk about everything. It's going to be crazy. Classic Daniel teaches me history. There you go. So join <laughs> us for for a great episode. It's bound to be a great episode. Uh, and thanks for listening to this great episode of this great podcast with these great hosts that just do nothing but great things. It's too many. It's too many greats. Do nothing but good things. That's me. That, that works. Okay. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you. And we can't wait for you to sit in our presence. I don't know what that means. When it... We can't wait for you to come back next week and be Unless our friends. John Birch, Paranoid Blues. Goodbye.